Welcome to another episode of Milk the Clock Podcast here on Busted Coverage. And today, Paul, we have Ted Ligeti, three-time Olympian, two-time gold medalist, 25-time World Cup champion, skier, downhill skier, coming in for Rockin' Protein. And he and Rockin' Protein are headed to the Olympics February 9th, NBC. The game's open right after the Super Bowl. Everybody's getting jacked up for the Olympics Paul, what do you know about skiing in the Olympics? Jacked up. Jacked up. Nothing. I know there's gold medals involved, which I wanted to ask you. Have you ever held a gold medal? I have not. What Have you? I have. I got to hold one uh, with a total babe by the name of Caitlin Farrington, and, who had won uh, like snowboarding. And it was, it was nicely weighted. Did you put it around your neck, or is that bad luck? She let me put it around my neck. I I asked her if I could put, you know, take a bite of it, you know, take the the classic shot with the gold medal in your teeth, and she declined. She would not let you take a bite of it. No, because gold's very malleable, Joe, and and she didn't want some yokel from Omaha, Nebraska's bite marks all over her gold medal. You're telling me that if you were to bite down on that gold medal, you could leave bite marks. I, I have a, I have a strong jaw. Okay, so Olympians that have gold medals, they're, don't be out there trying to chew their gold medals for Instagram photos. And That's what I was doing. That's exactly, it was all about the gram. It was all about social media, which all of it is nowadays. Uh, so we'll, te- we'll talk to Ted about, um, man, he's been around for a while. And, yeah. I mean, this is three-time Olympian. So this is fourth Olympian Olympics, I believe. Yeah. Fourth Olympics. That's, That's crazy. Right. That's a hell of a career. And he's with team rock and protein. Uh, protein shakes are huge. And so Ted, uh, listen, it's the Olympics. You, you jump, got, you jump, you got to get that pump in, you get the you get pump that, in, you get that pump in Joe. Mm-hmm. And you mm-hmm. get, you get your protein you just shake, it. and it mm-hmm. charges you up and it gets you recharged for, the Olympics, South Korea. By the way, you ever been? You ever, no, any interest in going to uh, South Korea? <laughs> I like how you corrected yourself. No, zero interest. Yourself? Uh, yeah, I would like to see it. I mean, come on, I like to see it. You'd be really tall. I mean, it'd be like Tom Selleck and Mr. I'm, Baseball I'm not when he goes over there and he's a foot taller than everybody. Yeah, I'm not even tall, but you're right. I, it would be amazing to be that tall compared to uh, the Koreans, which is probably going to get you in trouble. Uh, but we'll talk to Ted. Let's just talk to Ted now. What do you think? Let's get it in. Let's talk to Ted. Let's see what he's up to. Let's see what he's doing. For, he's gearing up for the Olympics, and everybody's jacked up. So here's Ted Ligeti, uh, Team USA, downhill skier. And uh, we'll uh, be right back after we talk to Ted. Hey, how's it going? I'm awesome. How are you this morning? I'm doing great, thanks. Awesome. Well, you're on with Paul A.D. and my co-host Joe Kinsey from BustedCoverage.com. Tell us about Rock and Protein. Yeah, I'm really happy to partner with Rock and Protein. For me, ski racing is a super demanding sport. It's uh, a sport that breaks down your muscles, and for me, it's really important to to get in a high quality protein drink right after I'm done uh, getting off the hill and and get me recovered for those next sessions. So. You know, rock and protein, it tastes great. It's made with real milk, and it's you know, perfect for me on the go and, and getting ready for those next next training sessions. 
Ted, awesome. how, uh, Ted, how much time is there, or what, what is the schedule like between now and when you head to South Korea? Uh, right now we have a race actually this weekend in, uh, in Garmisch, Germany, and then that's our last race before the game starts. So we're going to be in Austria for a few days training, and then we head over to Korea on February 4th for, for some training, uh, for training runs there on the slope. Ted, you've won uh, two gold medal medals, uh, several world championships. Do the world championships even matter after you've won a gold medal? Do you even get excited about it? I mean, I still get excited about World Cups. So, you know, for me, I just love the thrill competition. And, you know, we're racing World Cups pretty much every single re- weekend, and we actually put a lot of importance on those. So it's, uh, you know, Olympics or World Cups, you know, I'm super excited for both. Of course, you know, the Olympics is a, a whole other level and another scope of competition and a uh, bigger stage. But, um, you know, I just love love all the competitions in general. What is What's the, the strangest the- thing? Sorry, Joe. What's the strangest thing, Ted, that's ever gone through your mind when you're standing on the podium? <laughs> um, it's tough to say. Strangest thing. I think the this idea or thought of being on the podium is, is surreal for me, especially my first time when I won in 2006. And I was only 21 years old. I was just completely amazed and it had to like pinch myself that I actually was up there receiving a gold medal. So. You know, it's the kind of thing you dream about since you're a little kid and you think about all those memories coming up and, and just how amazing it is to actually be following through on, on a life dream of yours. Ted, what will, the, ahead, what will the skiing be like in South Korea compared to what people would experience here? So actually, the, the skiing in South Korea is pretty good. It's probably more like East Coast style skiing where it's um, there's a little bit drier, but it's not like super huge mountains you'd see in the Rockies or, or in Europe, um, but little smaller mountains. But actually, the snow conditions there are really good. Um, for me, I raced there back in 2006, and that was my first ever World Cup win. So I have good feelings from those hills, and, and I really like the race hills there. They're, uh, they're awesome for racing, so it should be good. Ted, interesting thing I saw in your bio is that in, in 2004, you studied Fu-style Tai Chi. What do you remember about that and, and what happened with that? <laughs> yeah, we, we, we did some Tai Chi for, for a year of dryland uh, just in summertime. So it was cool. I mean, it was uh, different than what we're used to. You know, we're normally in the gym pumping weights harder. So to slow things down was, was definitely different and, and a cool experience. <laughs> Go ahead, Paul. Keep awesome. going. um ted coolest experience off the slopes that was only afforded to you because of your success on the slopes who um coolest experience off the slopes um like what's something you've done that you never would have pictured you done yeah never would i picture i'd done um you know i've been on the floor floor of a few jazz games which i was i'm a huge jazz and so doing that growing was, uh, was pretty awesome. And, and, uh, you know, meeting other athletes from sports, other sports that, you know, I look up to is, is really cool, whether it's at the SBs or, or other things as well. So, um, you know, it's, you know, lots of cool experiences that have been afforded to me because of, because of, uh, my sport for sure. Ted, I saw these gloves that team USA is going to be wearing. How excited are you to wear these gloves that look like welder gloves? Yeah. I actually haven't seen these. Somebody, my physio actually told me about another day, so I actually haven't seen them. Um, well, I'll check them out, I guess. 
All right. Yeah, Paul, these are they look like giant welder gloves. I can't wait to see Ted rocking these when he's wearing the gold medal. Ted, we're looking forward to it. Um, one last question. What's the the highest rate of speed you've ever attained while going downhill? So actually in a downhill race in Switzerland, we go about 100 miles an hour. So that's the fastest I've been that, clocked. That's it? Yeah, only 100. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that's awesome, Ted. We appreciate the time. Um, is there a website we need to go to to, to get some rock and protein? Yeah, so you can go to rockandprotein.com to, to check it out and, and they have information on myself and other athletes as well. So are, are there different out. Ted are, real quick, are there different flavors? What's your flavor? I'm a chocolate guy. So I, I like I grew up drinking chocolate milk and I'm a chocolate so the, the chocolate is, is my favorite flavor and it tastes awesome. So right. um, that's why are I you, go with every time. Are you allowed <laughs> to dump are you allowed to dump rock and protein on the other guys on the podium? <laughs> <laughs> I've yet to do that. That would be a good one, though. Instead of champagne, I should just pop open a rock and protein and spray it on the other guy. Yeah, just chocolate milk. Shake chocolate, it up. Chocolate <laughs> protein just exactly. spraying all milk. over your opponents. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right, Ted. Uh, thanks for hanging in there with us, and uh, we'll be watching you in the Olympics coming up, all right? Awesome. Thank you, guys. All right. Thanks, Ted. Thanks, Ted. And that was Ted Ligety, Team USA Olympian. Paul, I like what he said. He's going to uh, just spray the milk and victory champagne protein shake for all the boys over there that finished second and third. And uh, should be very interesting about South Korea is that it's more like East Coast skiing. So I was expecting like mountains that you know show up very well on TV, but it sounds like it's not going to be like that. No, it'll be really interesting to see that protein coat the snow. You know, oh. get all over his visor, all over his the competitors' visors. I'm looking forward to seeing that. I want to see a frothy protein bath. So do I. Uh, I think it would be great for TV, and it would be really good for rock and protein. I mean, come on, that's that's what you need. You need you need visual. You need to see the you need to see the product at the Olympics on the podium, and uh, can't wait. I'm jacked up for this for this Olympic Games. Uh, it doesn't sound like. North Korea is going to bomb anybody, so that's good news, and uh, should be uh, should be a safe games. If they were going to bomb somebody ever, wouldn't this be the opportune time, world stage? Well, listen, they came to an agreement, and I think they're putting North Koreans on the South Korean hockey team. Is that what I heard? Uh, on the women's team, I believe, so that there's some unification. And both countries seem to be getting along. Everybody wants to hit the slopes. You know, the Olympic Games, the Winter Olympics are all about just having fun and hitting some slopes. And none of this, like, bombing stuff. Come on. Like, these skiing guys. I mean, it would be the perfect time for a sneak attack. Yeah, I don't see it. I just don't see it, Paul. I want to see Ted bring home gold medals. I want to see Sean White on the slope style or whatever they call that. Yeah, the, 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 the half tomato, the half pipe. I want to see that, and uh, and then I don't know what else I want to see. I'll probably watch some women skating. You know, get in I love there. Uh, I love the short track. I like oh, the short track racing. Uh, speed skating. Yes, thank you. Is Paul Ono still around? Uh, he's around, but I mean, he did like Dancing with the Stars, and I don't even know what he does. He probably does TV now. 
DWTS. I do, I do love the speed skating. I love that. That is fun. Uh, high speed. Uh, a lot of excitement. I love the visors, the masks those guys wear. They look like, you know, they look like aliens skating around on these uh, on these ice <laughs> rinks. And uh, that's they really what I, do. Yeah, they do. You know what I'm talking about. I mean, these guys. Some of them are like uh, the 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 helmets are like those bike riders that the helmet goes way out the back for aerodynamics. Uh, what about right. bobsledding? What's your what's your take or- on bobsledding? You know, I remember my formative years, you know, maybe 90, whenever that Winter Olympics was, when they assembled a super team for bobsledding that had Edwin Moses and Herschel Walker and two other guys. Right. And you're thinking, wow, we're going to kick ass. Right. And uh, I think we got like six. Why do you think that they don't just get football players to do the bobsled? I does it just it doesn't translate is there is there more technique than we're aware of there must be more technique that must be what it is because you have like what about the luge oh the luge is uh all right one man right Mm -hmm. you're on your what on your back Mm -hmm. is that the right one your toes are pointed your toes are pointed very weirdly in inside and you're going like 200 miles an hour downhill Right. Those guys are flying. Right. Uh, the luge seems more intimidating than like the bobsled, like four man bobsled. I mean, big deal. You're in a you're in a sled. You're not right. Really... So a football, wouldn't a football player translate perfectly? Like you get that quick burst to get that jump, and then all the weight in the sled because you're you're basically putting your head down and leaning forward, right? I think it's all the technique. You know, they'll have that they'll have that clock at the beginning of the race. That'll show like yeah, the, that first, sound. the first ten steps. I love that sound. Well, the, the guy, sound of when it's like, doo, doo, and then they're just going. Right. But I think it's all that first like six seconds of pushing. And I te- think that if uh, that's that's your specialty, isn't it? Six seconds of pushing. That's what I'm, I. That would be a great uh, Twitter account. Six seconds of pushing. <laughs> uh, At six seconds. Yeah, exactly. All right, Paul. Another uh, idea. Another yeah, another idea. If if uh, America really wanted to place some emphasis on its losing program, they could have a competition uh, weekly show called The Biggest Loser. The Biggest Loser. I like that. Head to head, you get into personal bio from each loser. I like that. And then only one can be the biggest loser. And he gets a spot on the team. He gets a spot on the team. Why not? I, I think they need more competition shows like that for the Winter Olympics because you just don't have enough s- star power. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, you create a star. You build some brands into it. And uh, and then people have somebody to root for. Because I don't know who the American Luge hopeful is right now. Do you? No. And that's, what, that's why you have to watch like the Olympic coverage for two weeks because they're going to build these names up. And then all of a sudden you're going to forget about him. So, but take that, like Ted Ligety. I mean, he's been around forever. That's what you need. Right. You need a guy like that, like a Michael Phelps of downhill skiing. That who is the Michael Phelps of the Winter Games? Uh, good question. Uh, is it Ted Ligety? It might be Ted Ligety, and we just had an interview with Ted Ligety. Uh, that's a great question. Oh, what about um? Tiger Woods' old girlfriend, uh, the downhill skier. Uh, Ellen Nordgren? No. That was his <laughs> wife. 
Uh, I forget. <laughs> I forget the. Hold on. Downhill ski. She looks. She. She looks Nordic. Like she'd be good at a winter game event. She it was, was Lindsey Vaughn. You're thinking of Lindsey yeah, Vaughn. Yeah, Lindsey Vaughn. I mean, Lindsey Vaughn is the Michael Phelps. I mean, everything will be Lindsey Vaughn. Uh, yeah. That, yeah. Lindsey Vaughn will be mentioned. Remember when uh, I almost asked Ted about this? Remember when Bodie Miller was a thing? Bodie Miller was a big name. Uh, I wonder what his Olympic medal count was. I feel like I feel like Bodie well, had some. I don't. Did medals. he? I don't know if he ever won one. He he has the record for most world championships with nine, and I believe Ted Ligeti has six. Is that so? Right? That gave me a little context. Yeah, but I don't think Bodie Miller ever did well in the Olympics. Maybe a bronze in a team event. Yeah, I don't know. And maybe maybe the Olympics were built up, and he was like, you know what? I'm gonna do what I do, and I already know what my career's been. I'm not even going to care about Hypothetical. Here's a hypothetical for you. Go ahead. You're Bodie Miller. You've won nine world championships or anybody. You're, you're Olympic team winner games person X. You've won uh, nine world championships in whatever your discipline is. Do you trade it all in for a single gold medal? You're talking trade your entire career for a gold medal. Yeah. Uh, I would say, uh, no, I would say give me my, uh, give me my career. Because you're going to get some money out of the career, I would assume. Well, I mean, the career is going to put the, put the, you know, put the bread on the table. Mm-hmm. I just don't. The think- gold medal. I mean, it's prestige, and and you could always market, you know, gold medal winner Joe John Doe or whatever. But at the end of the day, what's filling your bank account, Joe? Uh, that's a that is a great point. Which is more valuable? The career or the gold medal? Uh, listen, there's guys out there that made a living off of just one gold medal. You know, like take Who's like the guy? Who's well, the first guy? All right, take like take like a ice skater. All right, did Nancy like Kerrigan, Michelle Kwan or something? Hold on, did Nancy Kerrigan? What she win? Silver? And if I you feel like yeah, and if you were to ask people Nancy Kerrigan's like history, they would be like Nancy Kerrigan was one of like the greatest ever because of. Her taking a shot to the knee, you know what I mean. And and here we are. I Tanya is a hit. Yeah, I mean she didn't win any medals. Hold on, I'm I'm look now now I was going to end this interview, but now I want in. You're intrigued. Now I want in because all right, all right, Nancy Kerrigan's Olympic history. All right, she has a bronze. 1992 in Albertville, and then the infamous silver 1994 Lillehammer. Mm, silver and bronze. And if you were to ask people like Nancy Kerrigan, what you know, they they would instantly think she won gold because of all the media exposure. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, the average uh, you know neophyte, if you will, in terms of Olympic knowledge, would assume right. that Nancy Kerrigan won a gold medal. Right. All right, Michelle Kwan. I'm looking up Michelle Kwan now. Yeah, I feel like her best showing was a bronze. Uh, we're gonna have it here in just a second. I know it's not great. Michelle for Kwan, not Michelle Kwan, not to be confused with Michelle Wee. That's true. All right, Michelle Kwan, Olympic history, 1998. Nagano Games, silver. 2002, mm-hmm. Salt Lake City, bronze. Michelle That's Kwan, 
no gold medals. That's what I'm saying. You can still be this great, like, champion in the eyes of Americans. The public. The public. Just by going to the Olympics and having the media exposure, they don't even Mm -hmm. remember if you won gold. That's true. How could you? Michelle Kwan. Here's another one. Go ahead. Did Christy Yamaguchi ever win a gold? Good, good, uh, good, good name. That's a great name. Let me uh, let me dig that up. Chris- like that's a name everybody remembers. All right, Christy Yamaguchi, nineteen ninety two, Albertville, gold medal, silver, gold medal, gold, gold. But Albertville. But do people remember? So wait, she beat. So she beat Kerrigan. She beat Nancy Kerrigan. An all-American sweep of the top two medals. And Americans probably would say, who? Christy Yamaguchi, what? Right? That's actually a good question, too. Who Who's more memorable, Nancy Kerrigan or Christy Yamaguchi? Well, I mean, you always remember the one that gets her knee whacked. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Just a great subplot, yeah. And how great, like, think about this. All right, you have the two... All right, Yamaguchi. What's is she? Is she like Japanese heritage? Sounds like it. You know what I mean? Like uh, that's that's my point. Is like you have these two lily white people, women. You Mm -hmm. have Mm -hmm. you have trailer trash versus like hoity toity East Coast (laughs) money Nancy Kerrigan and trailer matchup and trailer trash and her trailer trash friends beat up. The hoity-toity East Coaster. I mean, you, dude, could mm-hmm. you draw this up? Like, seriously, could could like this is like movie stuff that's drawn up. And how crazy were the early '90s, by the way? <laughs> I was just thinking. Imagine if there was social media at that time. They oh did it God. in the wrong era. They did it. They did it 15 years before they could have. Imagine the impression share <laughs> or the earned media dollars. From the Why Me video clip. I mean, that was made for social. That was think, made for your think, Finstagram. Yes. Think about think about what that would have looked like nowadays. First of all, you're never going to get a trailer trash ice skater out of Washington State. <laughs> you're never. You're right. It's never going to happen. Never. There's so much specialization and politics. Yes. And it wouldn't matter how good anybody was. That's what's crazy about Tanya Harding and I watched the the ABC did something recently about Tanya Harding and I'm like I still am fascinated by the fact that she was such trailer trash and she made the Olympics twice that's what it was twice I believe and and then she went on to celebrity boxing she went on to pretty much everything she went on to sex tapes and uh, all that good stuff Tanya Harding no medals in the Olympics. No medals. She was too outlandish. She was she, too outlaw for the Olympics. She finished fourth in '92, and then, and then uh, the, the infamous eighth in '94. Oh shoot! But think about think about the the. All right, there's zero chance anybody as white trash as Tanya Harding is coming out in this era and is able to make an Olympic team. No, no way. It'll never happen again. No way. No way. The Olympic committee would just like do whatever they had to do. 
Plus, you can't even afford the coaching now. I don't even know. She skated. Her practice facility was in a mall in Washington. In a mall. <laughs> That's right. So they, it was. Back, when, back in the day, they had ice skating rinks in malls. And mm-hmm. I think, actually, she was uh, Portland, Oregon. I think that was in Portland, Oregon. But she was. In the, yes, Portland, Oregon. The she mall was, was like the, the center of uh, American life at the time. It, yes. So to have an ice skating rink in a mall in 1992 would not have seemed weird. No, I mean, that was. Everybody did it. You went to the mall, skated. God, the, 90s, the 90s were wild when you really think about it. Think about that. You didn't have phones, you didn't have nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Well, and this reminds me of a conversation we had on a prior podcast about parents that spend six figures to get their child and athletic scholarship and how the tuition you're better off just paying the tuition and having them walk on or, or not even just paying the tuition. So like now it's all hyper evolved into special, you know, special coaches, special diets, even more revenue pumping into it. And what do you get? It's all for the gold medal, isn't it, Joe? Uh, that one medal. Is the is that's the, all that it's about? It is. Uh, Nancy Kerrigan's dad was going to spend a hundred grand, no matter what, just to get that gold medal around his baby's neck. That's that's what it was, and it turns out that she was more valuable. She doesn't even do media now. She, did you know that she won't? She doesn't do any media. Nancy Kerrigan. Kerrigan? Nope. Zero. Zero. She's too good for it. No, She's I, too I, good for all right, it. How sick would you? How sick would you get? in one year of being asked about the same thing about having your knee whacked by, <laughs> by white trash out of Port- Portland, Oregon, white trash. And Jeff Galuli. Yeah. How, how you'd be sick of it instantly. Sick of it. By the way, is that not the ultimate name for a goon <laughs> hitman? <laughs> a, a knee cracker. <laughs> the story. A knee cracker for the right price. And Dude, didn't he only get paid like a hundred bucks? That was her husband. Jeff Galuli right. was a hundred. Oh, you're talking of Sean. Uh, what was the other? What was there was the, another guy. There was like a fat guy. Yeah. Well, he was Speaking the guy. Speaking of the '90s, remember that show, Jake and the Fat Man? <laughs> probably. <laughs> I, probably. Uh, it, it was Sean Eckhart. Sean Eckhart Thank- is who cracked Nancy Kerrigan's knee. Uh, Jeff and Gal- then he ran away. Yeah, it was Jeff Galuli uh, was the husband of Nancy Kerrigan or of uh, Tanya Harding. He ordered the hit on Nancy Kerrigan. <laughs> <laughs> a literal hit. Literal hit <laughs> by the biggest goofball he could find, and uh, so <laughs> there was so even say a you're Sean Sean Eckhart. <laughs> Sean Eckhart, go ahead. Yeah, you you take the money you hit her in the knee you run out to the parking lot you probably get in your car i doubt there's like a waiting no there was a couldn't have been that no i'm reading it right now there was a getaway car there was there was a getaway car driven by uh derek smith uh no idea who that is (laughs) the former jacksonville linebacker in the 90s and early 2000s i think i think uh so he did he had a getaway driver they they literally set this up they're gonna crack Nancy Kerrigan's knee in Detroit, Kobo Arena. They go behind the curtain and just crack her over the knee with a, a it's it's telescopic baton, a baton. I thought it was a mag light. Wasn't it a mag light? It says an ASP, a twenty-one inch ASP telescopic baton. 
right above the knee. <laughs> Think of that. All right, so that happens. You run to the, the waiting getaway vehicle. The guy pulls off super fast. What's the first thing you think as you're taking off your sweet 80s-style <laughs> ski mask? What? I, what does go through your mind? I want to interview that guy. Like, <laughs> like, like do, is the first thing that goes through your mind is, did I crack her hard enough? Am I going to get paid? <laughs> I assume it's, am I going to get paid? You're a criminal. You, you want to know if you're going what's the gonna... small talk? What's the small talk like in that car between Derek and Sean? Is Derek like, hey, how'd it go, man? Uh, I would assume so. Did you get her? Like, <laughs> did you break her knee? Is she out of well, the and then, How far is the drive after that? Like, are they in the car on the interstate for like 20 minutes where, you know, like some light radio hits of the day are on in the background and the conversation just comes to a halt for 18 of those minutes? Or are they like talking about the entire the scheme itself i mean i want to i wanted to hear about that yeah definitely why is why do we not get a report on how i want to read up on this now you know i'm gonna i'm gonna do a deep dive into dude it's great content it's great content for this time of the year it is it's like the most fascinating thing in olympic history for the winter olympics it is i mean name something more fascinating i i don't think that's hyper Probably at all. I, I don't think there could be anything that would eclipse this then or prior or, or moving forward. All right. In Tanya Harding in 2008, she writes an autobiography and she's, she wants to tell what she knew. She wants to, she wants to call <laughs> the FBI. All right. Reportedly, this is probably, this is her. She decides not to because Galuli threatens to blow her brains out. <laughs> and really? following a yeah she yeah it's it's uh yeah he threatened to kill her he threatened to kill her wow yeah there was because uh, she talks he's probably going to jail for a long time well that and there was uh there was supposedly like a gang rape of tanya harding by what? jeff and two other men what? Yeah, yeah. To like as a as a quieting technique. Uh, I think so. And it, and it goes even. All right. So you're not talking to Sean Eckhart. He gets out of jail. Why? He re, he changed his name after jail, and died at age forty, December twelfth, two thousand seven. Sean Eckhart dies. The guy that hits Nancy Kerrigan dies at age forty, and uh, Jeff Galuli's still out there somewhere. No idea where he's at. Okay. So if all this happened, which it did, is this was this whole scheme just cooked up by three weirdos, or is there a high, is there a hidden hand? No, I think, hidden. Uh, all right. no. I think Jeff Galuli. This was all Jeff Galuli. He probably sees Nancy Care or uh, he sees Tanya Harding as his meal ticket. He's married to her. You know, he's he's well, he's like twenty years older than her, and he cash pro- cow. He he sees her as a cash cow, and he sees Nancy Kerrigan as the one that is going to get in the way of the gold medal. And he needs Tanya to bring in the gold medal because the advertising dollars are going to follow. And he probably mm-hmm. thinks, all right, I put out a hit. I put a hit on Nancy Kerrigan. I break her knee. Nobody knows that we have anything to do with it. And then and then Tanya goes to uh, 
where Norway or wherever it was, wins Norway, gold. Yeah. Wins mm-hmm. gold. She comes home. Yeah, in the world world championship. Uh, wins the Olympics. Would have won the Olympics. And she's the mm-hmm. world champ you know, she's she's the champion. And then she mm-hmm. and then he probably thinks, well then we'll you know, we'll be like, Oh my god, we're so sorry we have no idea. Well, I don't know why anybody would want to put a hit on Nancy Kerrigan, you know? <laughs> like like he's so dumb, you know, he's such trailer trash that he doesn't realize that I mean, instantly everybody's gonna be like, Well, this trailer trash over here, they have to be up to no good. I mean, who else is putting out a hit on Nancy Kerrigan? You know? It's got to be the trailer. Probably tra- nobody. Right. It's got to be the trailer trash. The Russians. We could still blame the Russians for shit in 92. You probably could have blamed the Russians. That probably was what Jeff was thinking. And uh, But if, it's just fascinating. I, I swear it's... Cold, it's, <laughs> it's beyond, Cold War tension still simmering. Yeah. It's, it's beyond fascinating. By the way... Did you know Tanya Harding's boxing uh, record? Do you know uh, it? Two and one. Three and three. She had six fights. She, she? Uh, she had six fights in her career. Uh, she actually went on a three-fight winning streak in 2003. Uh, all unanim- Didn't she fight uh, Bill Clinton's ex-lover? Uh, I think that was in... Jennifer... Uh, Flowers, Jennifer Flowers. I think that was in a uh, exhibition. These were actually sanctioned fights. These were professional fights. She was three and three in her boxing career. Um, she was a pro boxer. I didn't know that. She, she finished her career with two TKO losses. Uh, <laughs> her last fight was in the third round. Uh, she got knocked out in Edmonton, Alberta. And uh, that's not that's not a place you want to get knocked out in either. You're I, out cold. Right? I mean, cold. I mean, uh, it's yeah, it's think it's, about what the Super 8 was like that she went back to after the TKO in Edmonton, Alberta. Uh, think there were any uh, concussion protocol? I doubt it. I doubt it. <laughs> um, what year was that? What year was her last bout? Uh, 2004, June of 2004. Now, here's a here's a good one for you. What do you think? After skating and boxing is over with, what kind of jobs do you think Tanya Harding had? Wow. Uh, I can't imagine there's a lot of career training at any point. <laughs> School is probably not an emphasis, point of emphasis. <laughs> I would imagine it would be pretty rough. Do All you right. have access to that? Yes, I do. Tanya Harding, uh, she, after her sports career, you know, after boxing fell through, she worked as a welder a painter at a metal fabrication company and as a hardware sales clerk at Sears. Oh man, that sucks. That's sad. That sucks. Oh my God. And, and then dude, you know. she'd be, she'd be a great person to sit down and have a beer with. Definitely. Think about, think about having a beer with Tanya Harding. Now she is 47 I'd years old. To. She's 47 years old, and she goes by Tanya Price now. Tanya Price. She'd have to. She'd have to. You can't, buy, you can't go by Tanya Harding. You have to leave that life behind, right? Short of having, like, a head transplant where you have a completely <laughs> new face, the only thing you can do is change your name. I swear. No, I'm not Tanya Harding. I'm Tamra Hardy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, this is... Uh... Helpful clerk. 
this is crazy how you have to have a different life after something like that. Uh, she did sit I down think there with. There needs to be a post on. Sorry, go ahead. Well, she did sit down with ABC like two weeks ago, so she still is out there doing some stuff. But you, you're telling me you think that there needs to be a post on what she's up to. Uh, yeah, on BC, I think I, that it's great timing. Let me see what it's the greatest. It's the is this the greatest sports drama story ever? Like I, aside from the Olympics, we've, we've established it's the greatest Olympics drama ever. Is it the greatest American sports story ever? Well, I mean, compare. All right, you have the 1980 victory over the Russians, but uh, mm-hmm. the ice hockey was that's probably the greatest sports story in American history, right? In Olympic mm-hmm. in Olympic history, Probably. maybe in in sports history, a lot of people uh, that were alive to see that still reference that. And but as the other far thing as, that, yeah, as as far as drama goes, this has to be it. Like of all of all angles, like Shakespearean drama, you look at all the moving parts. Because yes, the the Miracle on Ice is probably the biggest pure sports story of our time, but. When you combine, I mean, I don't know anything about those guys off ice at the time. This, like the the ice, the on ice stuff was like the sideshow to the to the this great drama. No, yeah, just it, all these characters. Yeah, the ratings. I, from what I understood in the last show, I saw the ratings were insane for when the women, <laughs> uh, the the short skate, the long skate, all that stuff. The, the the ratings were out of this world. Like you wanted to see what was going to happen, you know? Was because was... all this stuff happens, and then they have to compete against each other. Yeah, and it was only like a month. There was like a month of Ultimate. time between when she gets her knee. I don't even know if it was a month. She gets her knee cracked, and then has to go to the Olympics, and then they're skating against each other. It's crazy. They have to Ultimate practice story. next. They have to practice next to each other. It's nuts. Olympic it's Village. Nuts. We should have asked Ted Ligety about the Olympic sex in the Olympic Village that during the Winter Olympics. Probably been, yeah, it probably wouldn't have been good. All right, I could. Is, probably... is it as hot as it is during summer? Uh, <laughs> oh, probably. I don't know the 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 Winter Olympics people, man. I'm telling you, they get it's uh, they get down. What they get down. <laughs> They've got all that, those layers of cool gear on. Yes. So, I mean, maybe there's less sex. I don't know. Probably uh, That's probably for another podcast. That's for another podcast with another with a willing participant, I'd say. All right, let's save that, and uh, let's close this down. We'll probably talk more Tanya Harding here in a couple weeks. And, uh, Paul, another great show, another great podcast, and uh, let's, uh, let's find an advertiser so we get paid for one of these things now and then. Great. What do you think? Great podcast. Just throw it in the corner with all the other great ones. All right. We'll see you next time on Milk the Clock Podcast. Thanks to Ted Ligety and Rock and Protein. And uh, have a good one.